Hello, my intentional mom friends. I'm Val Harrison, and you're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. This is your place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. And how are we doing that today? We are doing that with the theme, Confident Kids and Confident Teens. You already may know that my degree is in communications, but what I haven't talked about much in the first three years of this podcast is that I have spent over 20 years teaching homeschool co-op classes on the subject of speech and communication skills. Well, it's time for me to bring that information to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. So I'm going to be sharing tools for helping your kids develop communication skills, which they can use to build stronger relationships and to help them interact more effectively in all kinds of situations and in all kinds of settings with all types of people. So let's get started in building more confident kids right now. Abby's home. Yay. Welcome back to the studio. Yeah, so you're home from college for the weekend. Yep. You actually surprised your little sister. Thank you for doing that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was fun. One of my themes right now is confident kids, confident teens. And this week you had an interview that you then were accepted the same day. I guess I'll do a mom brag for a second. <laughs> um, they said they don't announce ahead of time who gets it and so it would you would be actually months before you would find out yeah but she got back with you the same day and said I want you so I am actually breaking protocol and telling you today so that you also pursue it so anyway that was exciting yeah to work in the admissions office at Mm -hmm. the college that you work at so that's Mm -hmm. cool and so what we're going to do today is you're going to share some tips. You've been brushing up on some skills. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I guess we'll go back to that. I teach a class called Practically Speaking to Teens sometimes, which you, of course, have taken that class. And then, you know, we've worked on these issues in the past. Then when you wanted this position, you sought out help at school too. You went to a professor who would be helpful And you asked for his um, input on your resume, right? So Mm -hmm. let's start there. Yeah. So about the resume. um, So I went to the career center at the college, which I would definitely suggest seeking out whatever help you can when you're when you're about to do an interview that you really care about. Um, Just just seek out help and use your resources. It's very helpful. So the professor um, you went to was worked with the... Um... He, he's the director of the Career Center. Okay. And so okay. by doing that, like even showing how much you want the job and being professional about even that meeting. So just that, he recommended me to the admissions department, the okay. head of the admissions department. So um, I, I think you, we've talked about before that every person you meet, you're building your brand with or you're building your... Well, that's the phrasing I use is brand because that's what your age would think about is the brand of a company. You know, what is their brand? We're every day we're building our brand, whoever we interact with and whatever we're doing. So you're saying you also dressed up for that. Is that right? Well, yeah, I was professional about it. I even though I knew him before I did, I looked nice and yeah, I was respectful and so I was applying for the admissions department and there are certain skills that the admissions department is looking for. So if I'm consistent with those skills throughout my daily life, then that professor saw that and he recommended me to the admissions department. So like just, just being consistent and representing yourself well, um, all those things play into the 
eventual blessing of the end job. And I would add to that too, something that you were doing was being proactive. Yeah. So you were reaching out for help. Is that something that you're supposed to do before an interview? Well, that's not written anywhere, but Mm -hmm. yes, you should always be proactive and do extra things to be prepared. Now, another element of that, just because I want proactive to be in the minds of the the kids who may be listening today Mm -hmm. with their, hopefully parents are letting their kids listen to this episode. Okay. So another element of that, that was in what we, what you just said, but it's not exactly spelled out yet is networking. Yeah. That you're always building relationships with people around you, whether Mm -hmm. it's your peers or whether it is people above you, you know, professors and and employers, directors of organizations, you know, always networking as well. And not from a selfish standpoint, either you, you network all the time, but it's always you with an attitude of pouring into their ministry and blessing their day. Mm. You know, that's definitely a main goal that I see you do continually in your life. Oh, thanks. That's sweet. Yeah. So that is being proactive, networking, recognizing that you're building a brand and everything you do. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, so first I would say before I even worked on my resume, I went in to schedule the interview in person. And a lot of people told me like, it's okay. You just can email them. You can, you can email the admissions department. It doesn't matter if you go in or not. But even though I wouldn't even be talking to the person that I would be interviewing with, I wanted to show my proactiveness, like you said, um, and also my professionalism. And so I looked nice going to set up the interview meeting. And I even I just talked to the front desk person, but even starting there, getting in that mindset of I'm going to go the extra mile because this is something I want. And that really shows that you're going to be a hard worker, that you're going to be intentional. It just shows those skills that are next level. So just being being consistent in your excellence also. That's awesome. And I would say too, that person you met they do have the ability to put in a good word mm-hmm. and say, hey, she stopped in. She seemed really great. I could see her fitting in well here. Yeah. Um, and another thing about that is seeing everything as an opportunity. So while your, mm-hmm. your yeah, peers were saying, just do it online, you were seeing it as an extra opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's really good. So moving on to the resume. I had to get a lot of help from the career center on this one, but the biggest tips that I got were instead of putting your job experience, put the skills, and then you can do like hyphen followed by the experience, right? So instead of saying I've had experience in cold calling and sending professional emails and all that, you can say professional communication followed by cold calling, follow-up emails, delivering products to customers, you know, something like that. So I'm going to interrupt one more time here. So in high school, you could have just gotten, you know, the fast food job everybody else was getting and that kind of thing. But you wanted to get skills. Mm -hmm. You were thinking ahead, yes, to what possible careers. But honestly, in high school, we don't know what careers we're, we're going to be interested in and things. But we do know that we want to build a skill resume. Yeah. So that's the kind of jobs you focused on in high school rather than just, you know, where all of my friends are working. Mm-hmm. That's really true, actually, because there were many times when, so I had a job doing marketing in high school and there were many times that I would do cold calling and be like, I could do this subpar because I know the person on the other end doesn't really care. 
but I'm going to literally this this sounds weird but I literally I pick up the phone and before I like press the button to call them I would literally get a big smile on my face so that uh, my face was like used to smiling so that when I talked on the phone with them and said hello I would say hello with a smile because they can hear a smile and so just just learning skills like that um really set me up well for now my public relations major and now this skill that I have of cold calling and the skill and talent that I have of bringing a smile to my voice, you know? Um, so all these things I was intentional about in that job and it is, it is never too late to start building your skill resume and you can enjoy it. Like it was really fun to get to do these things that I loved very intentionally towards a goal. So I'll throw in there also, what you're saying is that you developed habits Mm-hmm. In high school, you developed professional habits. That was a choice you made. You could have gone easy route, but you chose to step up to be next level. And what is a tendency in all of us is to be like, it doesn't matter right now. When it's important, then I'll do those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. But the fact is, our habits really are who we become. And Ooh, that's so, good. so you have good. become the habits you chose to have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I would say side note on that. It can be easy to hear us talking about it and be like, oh my goodness, my kid hasn't been doing this. Like, are they going to be all right? But also I really enjoyed doing this job. And so it helps if you find what they're passionate about and then find how they can grow those skills. Like if I had been working really hard on math or something and trying to grow my math talent, I would have hated that with everything in me. But um, doing something that I enjoyed really enhanced my experience and helped me pour into it. So find what they're passionate about before you spend all the time on it. Maybe too. Yes, for a job where you were putting in a lot of hours. However, if we backed up from that to a younger age, volunteering a lot in a lot of different settings Mm -hmm. helps those kids experience different things to see their interests. Mm, And when we're asking them to volunteer or even work a job that they might not love in smaller amounts of time, then that can build some skills in them that maybe they're not good at, but is just kind of part of life that you have Mm. to do some things you don't want to do. No matter what job out there, there's always things in that job that you're not going to like. But at the same time, you know, if you're a teenager and you're having to work 20 or 30 hours a week at tasks that you hate, then yeah, that's probably not a good fit for that level of job. But in the years prior to that, building different mm-hmm. a variety of skills and ex- and having a variety of experiences in volunteering is just transformational really in who we are as a person. Mm. Wow, that's actually so good. I was even as you were saying that, I was remembering all the different like I volunteered in the kids department. I there were there was a time that I taught guitar for a little bit and learned that I didn't like that very much and I volunteered in all a bunch of different capacities in the youth group and I I learned that I wasn't as much detailed as I'm as I was like connecting with people and relationships and so through all that volunteering I did learn what I wanted to do and I could spend more time on that one really good place that you and Andrew both volunteered I mean we'll call it volunteering but it's a program it's a youth program called Teen Pact 
Can you just like say for one minute what Teen Pact is? Because that was an excellent way to build a variety of skills. It's only one week long. So it's not like even if you hate what you're doing, yeah. it's still just one week. You know, those right. now there were weeks of preparation for it. But anyway, could you want to briefly explain it? Yeah. So Teen Pact is in it's in each state and it's a youth political training. I would say camp? citizen it is politics in that it teaches you how politics works. Yeah, it's but it's more about from a citizen standpoint, not from true. becoming a politician. That's true. Although yeah. it could prep someone for being a politician if that's what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, and it's not driven by one specific. Like it doesn't get into the politics of current day. Like it doesn't. It's not driven by one specific party. But it did. So there was a day that we talked about the judicial branch, and then we would have a mock trial. Or we talked about the legislative branch and then we would, um, like some of us were lobbyists and we would lobby for a specific bill while others, and, and it really was like true to life. We were doing this in, well. In the state capital. In the state capital. Yeah. We, yeah. Then we talked about Congress and the House of Representatives and the Senate. And so we had elections throughout the week. We were, we were running for office. And so we had elections and we elected senators and representatives and and so then at the end of the week, we had a mock Congress meeting. And that was just incredible to be a part of this thing where you can see it firsthand and you can see how it actually works and be like, oh my goodness, like this is what happens when they have to, when a lobbyist is like yelling at them about a bill and they're just like trying to, you know, just seeing it firsthand is really incredible. And you have to really get out of your comfort zone and speak in front of people. And every student who goes there has to write a bill and then propose it to the, the group. And then the group votes on it and you can pass the bill or fail the bill. And it's just really incredible to um, be a part of a smaller version of your government. And it really sees how you can get more involved. Yeah. So that... Honestly, it was excellent on your resume. I believe it helped you get into this college as well, which is a tougher college to get into. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep going then for resume. Yeah, yeah, resume. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, so something he said specifically for my resume is that I had on it a section that was technical skills. And he looked at it and goes, these are what we consider hard skills. So it's the specific like computer programs that you've worked with or something. But for the job that I was looking for, a people-centered job, I want something more like soft skills. So communication, leadership, relationship building, trust building, you know, all those things are soft skills. And then the hard skills I can put in another section. But for the job that I'm looking for, soft skills are going to be more important. So I added that section. And then, so at the very top, the first section was my skills section, because someone who's looking at an employee is going to look at their skills first. They can look at where they got them later of like the work experience, but skills first. And then something else that he had me add was in a mission statement or an objective statement. You, you can kind of cater it to each job that you're applying for. So like my objective statement was I want to use my interpersonal skills and technical skills to welcome and comfort future CFO students. Um, but essentially I want to, I want to brag on CFO or the college that I go to. Because that's where you were applying in the admissions department. For. Yeah. In yeah. the admissions department of, yeah. of CFO. Okay. So the interviewer seeing that at a short version of why I'm passionate about being there. Okay, then he also went over interview skills with you. Mm-hmm. He did some of that practicing before your interview. So you want to share any of that? Yeah. He said that when 
when someone asks, tell me about yourself, which is a, it's a common question in interviews, tell your story creatively that includes your skills, your values, and why you're passionate about the things you're passionate about. And so instead of um, just like, I'm from Oklahoma, I could say I have six siblings. And so growing up with that, many of us, I had to learn conflict resolution and um, how to build trust with people, how to communicate well with a lot of people. Because there was so many of us and my parents were intentional about it, like hard work was always instilled in our family and working together and being a part of a team. So I can tell my story creatively so that um, it flows nicely and you can relate with the person you're talking to, but also you include your skills and your passions in that. And then he was talking about oftentimes they'll they'll ask what's a few strengths you have um, and then they'll ask about a few weaknesses. And he said, whenever you answer what strengths you have, say the strength and then give an example. So I could say one of my strengths is building relationship. Like I learned a lot about that from the internship I had in high school when I was interning under the girls minister at my church. I had to talk to the youth group and I had to learn how to pour into them and be intentional and write cards to them and to build trust. And then I, when, when I was talking to my interviewer, I was telling her about there were times that I got to mentor girls and walk them through hard situations in their own life, which which is similar to what I would be doing in the admissions department, is talking to these new freshmen who are scared about coming to college, who don't know how to finish filling out their application or, you know, answering all the questions that they are making a big life decision about. And so I got to include one of my skills related to what I had done in high school to show that I had the skill, but also relate it back to the job that I'm wanting. So say your strength and have an example. And then for when you're saying your weaknesses, say your weakness and then give an example and how you're growing it. So I think I mentioned time management as one of my weaknesses in the interview. And I told her that a couple months ago, I would have said this is one of my biggest weaknesses. But now that I've come to college and like getting off on your own, having to learn how to be self-motivated and having to learn how to make lists for yourself because you see that when you don't, like when you don't manage your time well and you have to stay up late doing homework and get up early the next morning, you see that your whole day is just tired and you're and you're not working as well. And so seeing that cause and effect and how much that has changed my time management skills. I just want to throw in there that being able to identify your weaknesses is a strength. Hmm. So it is not bad for them to hear you have a weakness. It's just what you said that one, you're honest about it. But two, what they're looking for when they ask that is, are you defeated by it? Mm, Yeah. How do you handle difficulties? And one of the difficulties is um, being honest with yourself. And maybe that is surrounding yourself with people who are good at what you're not good at. So you've solved the problem that way. Or you've solved the problem by implementing tools and strategies that help you overcome that weakness. Yeah. So when you are growing your own self and actively being intentional about growing your weaknesses, then you can be very honest going into that interview being like, this this was a weakness, but this is how I'm growing it. And this is how it has already changed. And having a good mindset about it yourself. I saw in my interview when I was saying one of my weaknesses, I told her something that I think about when I struggle with that. And she 
wrote it down and she was like, I'm writing that on my quote board in the back because I just love that statement so much. And so that was... What was the statement? Well, well, so I told her that one of my weaknesses was I'm not always good at regulating my emotions or I really was bad at it in high school. So it was either like overpowering and like taking over my decisions or I would like not listen to my emotions at all and like suppress them. But here I've learned how to journal better and talk to my community. And, and this is the... This is the what, what I was telling her that she liked so much. I told her that I have come to really, really value constructive criticism because I've learned that constructive criticism is one of the best ways that someone can love you. And she wrote it down and was like, oh my goodness, I'm writing that on my clothes board. <laughs> okay, okay. So since this is possibly some teens or younger listening to this episode, mm-hmm. uh, give us like your description of what constructive criticism is. Yeah, so... Constructive criticism. It's a hard thing to take sometimes, but constructive criticism is is from someone that you know loves you when they are willing to say, hey, you need to fix this. Hey, like it's going to hurt you in the long run. And because I love you, I don't want this to hurt you in the long run. So you need to work on this or you need to fix this. And so many times it it really stings right at the beginning when you get told that. But later you can see like, oh my goodness, I really am better because of this. And um, them being honest is really is really the best way that they can, to, to show that they trust you enough and they love you enough to be honest with you um, really is just, it's just a great show of affection. I have a couple follow-up questions to that. The first one is, so are you saying you feel like you have peers like that at school? Um, do I have peers like that at school? Yes. Yeah, absolutely, actually. But more like, I I have a really good friend here that when she sees, if I tell her something or like if she sees a, a character flaw or something, like if I'm not, if I'm not being intentional about my relationship with God, she's like, Hey, Abby, you need to, you need to work on this more. You need to spend more time doing this. Um, How does she say that in a way that you can receive it without getting defensive? (laughs) Um, well, it's more like she's known me for so long that I don't get defensive anymore. It's okay. Here's, here's the premise. Here's the, here's the middle. What's the, the core of the thing? Okay. You can choose to be offended or choose to not be offended. And yes, when when you when when you know that they love you, they don't necessarily have to tiptoe around the issue and be like um say it around the bush kind of way. So there were times that I woke up to a text that said, "You've been really sad lately and I don't know why, but either we need to talk about it or you just need to get happier cuz this isn't good." <laughs> I was like <laughs> It's like, oh, I didn't even realize. But it stung at first. And then I was like, yeah, I need to fix this. So me choosing not to get offended and her choosing to be honest, it's hard to be honest with someone you love. But it's worth it. And and so just choose not to be offended. Like, that is half the battle. And then something that I do often is invite people to be honest with you is is ask for honest opinions and say you are always allowed not to everybody because not everybody's opinion should matter this 
should matter this deeply in your life yeah that's such such an important point yeah and because some people just aren't wise in their own life so they're not saying it out of love yeah they're they're not saying it because they care that much yeah so it's not like everybody has this power in my life but i do have a, a a smaller community that's um that is allowed to speak this honesty in my life and when you know that they love you, just don't get offended by it and choose that they are wanting your best. Um, and if it does hurt you, then talk to them about it. Yeah, that's good too. And I would also add when you are selecting who these people are that you're willing to listen to, mm-hmm. it needs to be people who are where you want to be. Ooh, that's like, good. are they, are they a person with the right character and the right fruit happening in their lives that says, yeah, advice from them is not a bad thing. Or are they just always a mess? Yeah. You know, are they um, making poor decisions? And then I don't, they are not a voice that I should let influence my decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to throw a, a, a harder question to this same point, And that is, you and I are very different personalities. Yeah. <laughs> like, the day and night different personalities (laughs) and so I still feel like I am not good at at saying it well in a way that you receive it well or yeah for I I feel like at the core of it the problem is our different personality types Mm -hmm. um so I it's like I speak a different language than you speak and I try to speak your language and you try to hear my language but we still have a really hard time with that so what is some advice that you would give moms um when they are sharing hard things to their we'll say teenagers especially because starting in the middle years, you know, the middle school years um, through teen years, it's, it's tough because they are, God is preparing them to lead their life. And so they are, they are developing some independent mindset and there's some pulling away a little bit that happens that is natural and appropriate. It, it hurts moms to to feel that and it also scares us but it is it is important and necessary if we want them to be strong and capable adults um but in in that time frame of the middle school to high school years how should we like what are some tips that you would give from your vantage point especially when we're opposite personalities like that oh my i know i told you i was gonna (laughs) twist that a little bit um well, it's really different talking about a parent than a friend mm-hmm. um, because uh, I don't know why. I think parents, we have this, like kids have this uh, unspoken uh, like vendetta already against parents that when they say something small, it's like you just get automatically offended. So I didn't do this well with you guys, like... I did, I did it well with friends to not get offended, but not with, not with parents. Like, so what you're saying is making that decision with a parent too, that I'm not going to get offended. Advice for, for moms to confront moms wanting to confront teens and preteens. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just get on their level before you try to give them constructive criticism because 
they need to surely you've talked about love tanks and stuff on here of like yeah. they need their love tank filled before they can before they can receive something like criticism because most kids even if they don't show it they care a lot about what their parents think of them and they know like it's inherent in kids to like nobody enjoys getting in trouble by their parents um and so because it's it's our natural tendency to just want to please our parents and so if you fill that love tank of i i am pleased with you and i love you and i'm on your level before you say this is where you're not doing good and that that will go a lot better for you than just telling them just having those negative conversations if you give what is it you need three three positives for every negative is that what it is um yeah i I often call it sandwich it in praise like something positive address the negative end with positive our tendency as parents to try to fill a love tank in ways that are comfortable to us and it's harder to identify what are the ways that are effective with our kid Ooh, that's really good and since we were opposites it was very hard for me to identify what was the effective ways to fill your love tank yeah so i have some really close friends of mine that you know love languages oh, yes. so okay. love the five love languages so me and a couple of my really close friends, she was very, well, I, I guess I'll just talk about one of them. She was very physical touch. So she loved hugs. She loved like just being close to somebody. And I was very not physical touch, but I was very words of affirmation. And so I learned though, that when I filled her physical touch love tank, then she could receive words of affirmation and see them as love. But if I just try to give her words of affirmation, she wouldn't, she would just be like, oh, okay, um, and not receive it as love. But when she filled my words of affirmation love tank and I received that as love, then she could give me a physical touch and I would receive that as love. You know what I mean? And so you have to fill their love tank and then other love that you're wanting to give them, they can receive better. And so, and that has been a really, really good skill going to college because living with a roommate, um, we, we talked about like in the middle of last semester or something, we were just talking, we were talking about our love languages and she's very much quality time and I'm very much words of affirmation and I don't know how to give quality time. She doesn't know how to give words of affirmation, but we tried really hard at it. So, so, um, she feels like, like we feel very loved by each other and cared for so that when we need to extend that grace of like some, like they did something annoying, which will happen when you live some with somebody, um, you just extend it and you just forget about it because you, you, you've, you care enough and are intentional enough in the times that it seems less important, I guess, in the times that it isn't critical. Um, and so the times that the grace needs extended, it's really easy to. And so now she will write me cards and just, just pour out that words of affirmation. And it means so much to me. And I always, I, I usually say yes to hang out with her and, um, just, when when she comes in and wants to talk, I just take out my earbuds and talk with her for 20 minutes, even if I have homework to do. And, you know, just, just going that extra mile to love the people around you. That's all really, really good. I love that. And it's super cool that you guys didn't even know each other before you were roommates and God 
God did so good yeah. <laughs> in, in yeah. giving you a good roommate. Yeah. So that's awesome. This was great. Thank you so much for taking your time out of... Well, I, I Sorry, going back to the roommate thing. It is really, really cool to have this roommate. And we both... We've talked about how much we prayed for our roommate um, before we got here. And then we're like... And, and there are many times that probably at least once a week we pray together. And we... Like, there, there's some similar, we, we have similar um, trials that we've gone through. And so being able to relate that way, but also be able, being able to be really honest with a roommate and being able to, like, just pray with each other and, but have fun together. We're in the same friend group, so we have fun together all the time. So anyways, That's awesome. pray, pray for your kid and because it does matter. It's always great to have Abby home from college. I love it when any of my kids can join me on the podcast. I want to share with you about two resources we have that may help you if your kids are getting older. If they're middle school or high school age, I would like you to listen up. Um, There are two resources available to you on my website, which is practicallyspeakingmom.com. And then you click on the shop. The first one is a book. So it's in your first section of the shop in the book section. It's called Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for a Career with or without college. In that book, I share many of the principles that you heard Abby talking about today. The concept of networking, the concept of branding, the importance of volunteering and how to keep track of it and make it effective for your kids when they are interviewing and when they are applying for scholarships and things like that. So it is a book about all of those (laughs) responsible things that they need to be learning in those years to prepare them for adulthood and adult life, uh, specifically success issues like um, getting jobs or going to college. That book, again, is called Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for a Career with or Without College. The first two-thirds of the book can be read by the student or the parent. The last third of the book is written specifically to the parent, and it is about parenting that age of student. The teen years through the young adult years can be really unique and it it can be a tough transition for parents because those kids are becoming more independent and yet they're still under your roof. How do we handle that? You know, how do we do relationship at that stage? So the last third of the book is about that. All right. The second resource for that age group is specific to those who homeschool. It is the high school roadmap to college. So it's going to deal with different success tips and helps that you need through the high school years for your homeschool student. If you've got a middle schooler, it is not too early for you to read either one of those materials. The second one, the homeschool high school roadmap to college is a $5 download. Gaining Momentum is a book and it is $13 on the website for now. Probably my costs are going to have to go up on there um, in the near future, but for now, those are the prices. Next week on the podcast, I get to introduce a new theme that I am so excited to share with you guys. It's called Dear Younger Me, and in this theme, I bring on different seasoned moms that I respect and I have them share with you what are the lessons they learned the hard way as a mom what are the things they did right what are the things they wish they wouldn't have done 
That's Dear Younger Me, and I will be sharing it next week as we introduce our first guest for that theme. Until then, I will see you next Monday on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for intentional moms to build strong families. 